Okay, your 90 seconds of greetings is over. Can I have your attention? Good morning, church. So good to see you this morning. I get the privilege of talking about serving this morning. Now, I'm not on my own doing this this morning. I have got two interviewees. Unfortunately, we had three, but there is a bug or cold going around. Let's keep praying. Um, so one of them are not here today, but I'd love to invite to the stage Ruth and Sam Molyneux. So it's going to be a little short interview of get to know them, what they do, and maybe a little bit about understanding what serving is, or to them. So just grab the microphone, and the first person I will speak to is Sam. Thank you. So Sam, so good to have you today. You uh, attend this church with your lovely wife, Emma. I do, yeah, Emma. How long have you guys been married? A couple of years now, yeah. Couple of years. August 2020, yeah. Middle of pandemic. <laughs> and you're not counting, are you? No. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> so just to get to know you, Sam, outside of church, um, when, we, uh, when we don't see you on Sunday, what does your week look like? And what do you do? I've got a couple of jobs in the NHS. So in mental health, I teach people, new practitioners, to help um, those who are suffering from anxiety and depression. And I also practice in that area two days a week as well. Wow. So, so that, it seems like you've got a busy schedule, busy week. Yeah, full, <laughs> full-time work. Yeah, that's it. I'm doing a PGC as well at the moment. So ah, right. So you're going into Study teaching. as well. Yeah. Well, it's supplementing the role that I do, ah, teaching. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and so in what ways do you serve here at Encounter Church? So I help sometimes with the catering and the church events, uh, teas and coffees as well. Um, and I help lead one of our connect groups. So, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. Ah, awesome. And so, Sam, what would you say is the blessing of serving or what's some of the blessings that you've seen of serving? Yeah, there's, I mean, it is a real pleasure to serve, but there's a couple of things that make it a real privilege or have been for me particularly. So for a sense of identity and role in the church, you get a real, much more of a sense, I suppose, that um, I'm someone that contributes in a unique way, I think, to the, to the church from what I do in, in my serving. Um, and that's a truth, no matter how much in the past I've acknowledged it or not acknowledged it, you know, that's something that I found important. Um, but as well as that, in serving, it ch- helps change my perspective, I think, from you know, life in all its stresses and its worries and I have to do this, I have to do that from serving just reminds me personally that it's just all about God and it's just about my whole life is about serving God anyway and that what helps me sort of forget about those worries and stresses because it's all the same part of the same thing anyway so yeah those those couple of things are important to me oh awesome thank you Sam we're going to move on to Ruth Good morning, Ruth. Good morning. <laughs> so you can hold the mic a little bit, yeah, as close to your mouth. So outside of church, I'll put this same question to you. Um, outside of church on a Sunday when we don't see you, what does your week look like? Um, what are you up to? Oh, well, not very much at the moment. Actually, I'm, I'm trying to retire. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> trying to, but not able to because the government has pushed my pension out of the way five years away. Okay. So unfortunately, I have to still do a bit of work. Okay. So, yeah, I do. I work in financial services, so oh, I'm actually brilliant. part-time trying to find a little bit of work to keep me going. Uh, brilliant. And uh, in what ways do you serve here at Encounter Church? I, at the moment, serve on the meet and greet team. 
Ah, wow, the welcome team. Yeah, and the welcome team, which I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Because I love meeting people, and so that gives me the opportunity to meet people at the door as they come in every morning, every Sunday morning, well, on the Sunday morning that I do serve. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you already answered my, my last question, which was, what do you find are the blessings of serving on the welcome team? The blessing um, is meeting people. Meeting people. Yeah. And it's and so see good. see their smiles as they walk through the door. Because this reminds me of when I first came here. Right. Okay. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah. Six and a half years ago, I think. I came here because, yeah, I don't know whether you remember my testimony when I got baptized, but it was, I came here for the first time in April 2016, if I remember rightly. Uh, yeah. um, and as I came through the door, I knew Marjorie Baxter from the gym. Right, yeah, that's right. And Marjorie was, she's very good actually. She usually come around, I think, do you go to church? No, oh, no, not really. I used to when I was a child, but I don't anymore. And she just leave it at that. She doesn't say anymore. She just leave it at that. But then kept seeing her and whatever. And then one day I came here. And who was on the desk was Marjorie. Ah, lovely. So it was lovely to sort of walk through the door, and there she was, somebody I knew. So I feel, I felt at home. Ah, brilliant. So yeah, it was lovely. Ah, thank you so much, Ruth, and thank you so much, Sam, for sharing. Brilliant. Love it. Now, since we're in the mood of sharing stories about serving, you're going to have to hear some of my stories as well. So for me, um, I've got a lot of thanks actually to, to, to give to my local church where I first initially started serving. Now, initially I started out and I was a reluctant singer. Uh, there was no pillar to hide behind. It was a small church of sort of 45 to sort of 50 people. Um, and my dad was in the band. My brother played the drums and my sister sang and I had no choice and trust me, believe me, there were days when I sat in church and I was saying, I'd rather be outside playing football with the boys. Um, but I was going to church and I was serving. So it's kind of like forced into serving there. Um, but the funny thing is, when you're in a smaller church, um, your name just gets listed onto the serving list. So whatever is going. So if there's a charity sale, um, your name's listed there. If there's a church painting and decorating day or cleaning day, your name's there. Oh, and one of my favorite ones is when there's a women's event, your name's there. (laughs) Now, this hasn't changed for me since I've moved to Encounter because, ladies, my name is still down on the serving list. I'm not complaining. They do treat me well. They treat me very well. But, yeah, I find myself serving on different teams. Um, Going back a little bit... um, learning to play the keyboard and sort of serving in my church and singing. Um, I was in the early stages of learning to play keyboards and um, not very confident, but very self-conscious, I would say, as a teenager. Uh, if I hit the wrong notes, you know, I'd want to stop playing completely and walk off the stage. Uh, there were many times when I wanted to do that. But I, I was drawn back to this memory um, of these middle-aged twins uh, that, were, that came along to our services and um, every time I got on stage and began to sing and play, they would uh, block their ears. And I thought, what is going on here? Uh, and it went on for several Sundays. I never approached them and said, oh, what's the reason why you're blocking your ears? But after teas and coffees, they saw me and I was in a corner and I could see them coming towards me. I thought, oh, they're about to address the issue that's been going on for several weeks. 
And funny enough, they came to me and they said, Isaac, we just want to say we have been blessed by your worship and your ministry. I thought, okay, and anything else? Uh, they didn't say anything else was there. And I thought, okay, well, let me address the elephant in the room. I said, do you know what I'm leading worship? I, I tend to notice that you cover your ears. Uh, they said, oh, well, the thing is, the music's too loud. So the following Sunday, I made sure the music was at an appropriate level and that they were able to enjoy it. It wasn't actually what I thought was a problem but I felt encouraged in serving as they encouraged me. You see, we can't get around it or we can't get out of it. Serving is one of the biggest themes or underlying themes in the Bible. Right from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we see many examples. And when we look to the life of Jesus, we read about different ways in which he served his disciples and the many other encounters he had from washing the disciples' feet. And for those of us who are long-term believers or long-time believers, you have heard this story before, Jesus washing the feet and Peter saying, Lord, you cannot wash my feet. But Jesus says, I am setting the example to you that you should do this. And he says, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You will be blessed if you do them. I feel like one of the biggest challenges that we have in our Western world is a lack of food. Is that true? No, it's not. It isn't a lack of food. It isn't a lack of nutrition. It isn't a lack of shelter. But for the most part, it's a lack of time. We never seem to have enough time in our week or our day to do other things, or even to serve God or serve in some capacity that's outside of our role of our doing. Some of us would love to give our time serving the church to a team or ministry team, on the welcome team or wherever you find your calling, but time. Or we would love to sign up and serve and help in our local community through different programs and agencies, but time has been a big challenge for us. One of my favorite passages of scripture is Luke 16 and 10, and it talks about being faithful in the small So it's not always about the big things and trying to achieve the big things for God, but just being faithful in the small. It then goes on to say that God will give us even greater things. And for some of us in this room, we're thinking, oh, well, I'm doing the small. Don't give me any more, Lord. Um, But can I just say this, that God never gives us more than we can bear. So there isn't the pressure that we get from work or the pressure that we put on ourselves. God doesn't do that. He knows exactly how much we can bear. I was, when writing this message, I was drawn to this passage of scripture in Matthew 9 and 35. Jesus says, the harvest is full, but the laborers or the workers are few. What is he saying here? He's saying that there are many people out there to be cared for and brought to God, but few willing people to go out there and do this. Now, moving on, I would love us to open up our Bibles because you're thinking, oh, Isaac, ground this a little bit for us. In Acts 6, so if you'd like to switch your Bibles on or pull your Bibles out, um, you could join me for that. So we're in Acts 6, verses 1 to 7. Uh, Just a little background. It's uh, a section about unrest in the early church. And so what we see here is that there are complaints 
um, being brought forward to the disciples of the ill treatment of the widows. And just to put a disclaimer here, if you've got any complaints, please see Phil. And any accommodations, please come and speak to yours truly. Uh, but let's read from verses 1 and uh, 1 to 7. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distributions of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, let's select seven men who are respected and are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We'll give them this responsibility. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose to follow. They chose to follow, and I beg your pardon. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Pacorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests converted too. So that's been a reading. So who are these Grecian widows? The widows that are mentioned were women who had certainly lost their husbands, but also had no means to make money of their own or to live, and they lacked a family to support him. These widows were among the needy who benefited from the funds raised from the sales of property that new believers would come in and put before the disciples' feet. What was given out daily? Food was given out. Also, money was apportioned to help support them. And we see that the disciples were doing all of this in the early verses. But word gets back to the disciples, and we read that they summoned seven. They said, you pick the seven, we'll bless them and release them to do it. An important thing to remember about what the disciples were doing here, this is the early church, and the disciples were doing great things. They were spreading the word, they were healing the sick, they were feeding the poor, but I realized that they could not do all things. The reality is that sometimes we even say to ourselves, that we just wish we could do all things if we had extra pair of hands or even two bodies. They selected the men. So what were the benefits? And I've got a slide here to show us some of the benefits here. The first one is that the word of God increased. More and more people were accepting and spreading the gospel that Jesus had given the apostles and that message was having growing effect in the surrounding area. Second thing is, the numbers of disciples increased. Luke has it counted about 5,000 in chapter 4 of all the believers. And that's not counting women. But he, sa- he doesn't give us a new number, but he does say that the number multiplied greatly. So there were thousands of people in the congregation of Jerusalem. One of the best parts that I notice about this story is the next thing is that the priests who were in the temple started to become believers, started to follow Jesus. 
Now, these priests were the ones that were persecuting the church, that were persecuting some of the disciples. But they were now defecting into the apostles' teaching. The early church benefited from the extra seven helpers. Ordinary men and women being used for extraordinary things. The disciples were released and they continued Christ's great commission to go out into all of the earth. It's amazing that in this grand story, we see that at the very heart of God are the poor and the needy, are the widows, making sure that they're being reached. And because they're being reached, the gospel is being spread. To us, it seems like the wrong way around, but this is God's way that we don't forget the needy, that we don't forget the poor, that we don't forget the widows, but we serve them just the same. In writing this message, I came across this quote from Neil T. Anderson. And he says, we don't serve God to gain his acceptance. We are accepted, so we serve God. You know, and I, I love this quote. Why? Because it's so releasing for us as believers that we're not trying to gain God's acceptance. We're not trying to gain man's acceptance. It is important to say that we do live in a society of equal exchange. I I hold open the door for you. You say thank you. (laughs) I've got the right of way when I'm driving and I let you by. And uh, you give me a wave or you put your little winkers on to let me know that you've appreciated that unless you're a BMW driver. But we'll move on. (laughs) But honestly, we do. We need a change in our mindset. We need to change the way we think because God doesn't have our mindset in the way that we think. We're not trying to gain his acceptance. You know, sometimes I find myself trying to gain the acceptance of my wife, my dear wife. She walks in from work. She noticed something different about the room. It's had a hoover. It's out of dust, and she's smiling. Taking the initiative, but not always taking initiative. The thing is, if you do that, sometimes they come in and expecting it every time. So we, we do get that. She gets it maybe once every two weeks, and it keeps her happy. But it's important to remind ourselves that we are accepted, so we serve God. Now, The founder of Saddleback Church and the writer or author of Purpose Driven Life says this. He says, the only way you can serve God is by serving other people. Wow, that is is pretty big. The only way you can serve God. And I agree with him. Volunteering our time and our energy and our resources helps others better. But not only them and make it a better place, but it makes you a better person. And studies have shown this. Don't ask me which studies. Uh, I did a Google. Uh, studies have shown that the very act of giving back to the community boosts your happiness, health, and sense of well-being. Now, if by uh, just my research that I did, I've come up with 12 different reasons or benefits that we get from serving other people. So I wonder if you could put that slide up for us. Number one, Sam spoke about it. He said, serving others gives you purpose. Serving others gives you more joy. Serving others reduces stress. 
Serving others leads to longer life and connects you with others. Serving others shows that you are following what Jesus is all about and the great commission that he's given us. Serving others allows us to join in what God is doing. Serving others gives you an avenue to use your gifts. Ruth spoke about some of the gifts that she felt she had. She loves to welcome people. And so she wanted to join the welcome team, having received the good welcome when she arrived at the church. So we get to use our gifts and no better place to serve it in God's house. Serving others takes the focus off ourselves or yourself. Serving others teaches us humility. Serving others allows us to make a true difference in uh, someone else's life. And lastly, serving others advances the kingdom of God. Serving others advances the kingdom of God. So it's true that only the, the only way that we can serve God is by serving others. You know, it's amazing the small impact that we can have on the kingdom. You know, we don't see it in all of its entirety. Paul says in 1 Corinthians um, 13 and 9 that we see in part. We never see the full picture. And our perspective is finite, but we serve an infinite God who's drawing all our stories together, who's using all our efforts, things seen and unseen, to glorify himself, to the glory of his kingdom. Our greatest example is Jesus. And he said this in Matthew 20 and 28. Even as the Son of Man came, not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. This morning, church, I want to encourage us and say that we are better together, that we are not insignificant, but we are part of Jesus's global mission here on earth. Let's not forget that. So what areas has God been speaking to you about? What areas has God been talking to you or have you felt God leading you? For those of you who have already been serving, this might you know, come as a timely reminder that your serving is not in vain. It doesn't go unseen, but God sees everything that you are doing. And there are times that there's seasons that it's okay not to serve. There are times when it's okay not to serve. I would say maybe don't make that too long. But honestly, where might God be calling you today? To serve in a church or to serve in your community? Some of the areas that we have here in church are, are here. So we have the, the welcome team that you would come and serve. We have teas and coffees. If you are technically gifted or technically minded, uh, we'd love to use you on our AV team or on the sound desk. Uh, or come and see me afterwards and I could, I could point you in an area you know, where you might be able to serve. There are areas like Warm Spaces in Wheelie Castle, which is such a great initiative for the community. Uh, and it's making sure that there's a warm space for people to come into. And it might be just offering them a cup of tea. It may not even be doing the face-to-face um, face action. 
It may be washing up dishes or packing or stacking chairs, but just doing our bit. Tony Evans says this. He says, faith gets you to heaven, but it's your works that bring heaven to earth. It's so good that we get to be a part of it. It's so good that we get to put our trust in God, but then he uses us for his glory. It says faith brings heaven to earth. Jesus said that there are few workers, but the harvest is full. But he said this, pray the Lord of the harvest to send more workers. Let me ask you this. Could you be the answer to that same prayer? Could you be the answer to those laborers, those workers who will go out and be a part of Christ's global mission here on earth? I want to give us a little time here to reflect. As we're sort of sat here listening to this message, things are running in your mind. You're thinking, oh, well, I could serve here or I don't want to serve there. Um, But maybe the prayer in your heart might be this morning, Lord, I'm available, lead me. I'd like to invite the band up. And as a reflector, maybe we, I can encourage you to close your eyes. And we could just quiet ourselves down a little here before God. As I said, where might God be calling you to serve? Maybe if you're serving already, you, you might think of how it's affected you. What have been the blessings of serving? You know, it's always good to check our hearts before God. And so I'm going to pray. Thank you, Jesus, this morning. That we are accepted by you. There's nothing that we can do to gain your acceptance because Jesus has done it all. Thank you, Lord, that you are calling each one of us in the little that we have or the giftings that we have to be a part of your big story here on earth. Thank you, Lord, that it's not limited to our ability. It's not limited to what we think, but Lord, you take each and every one of us and you knit us together. I pray, Lord, that we would get this sense of being knitted together this morning because of the wondrous work that you achieved for us, Jesus, on the cross, that we are now free to live, that we are free to be, that it's your approval and it's for your kingdom and it's for your glory. Lord, lead us this week 
that we might respond to how you're calling. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the band are going to lead us in a final song. But I wonder if we could all rise to our feet. And just to say that if you have, you know, listened to this message and it's resonated with you, that you could come and see myself or you could see Phil um, about where you could serve. Um, and we'd love, we'd love to, to welcome you and have you join us.